get everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today. I am super excited to be here. My guest today is a brilliant entrepreneur. Uh, Some of these guests that I have on, I'm like, oh, I get to pick her brain for an entire hour. And uh, you guys get to be flies on the wall. Or as you know, you can always call in live. But uh, I will introduce her in a minute after my jelly bean update. But uh, as a teaser, she came up with this idea for a museum that is so today, like never could possibly have existed 10 years ago. Um, So that's your little teaser. And uh, she's doing extremely well with it. Plus, her background is just ridiculous. Like, great. So uh, for Jelly Bean, um, for those who don't know, Jelly Bean is my foster almost adopted daughter who I got from the Los Angeles County foster care system on November 22nd uh, 2017 so she's just over 15 months and the best thing that ever happened to me uh long story short right now I'm still waiting for adoption but I have signed adoption papers and much to my excitement the other day in the mail I got her medical card updated with the name that I gave her. So it previously said baby girl with her bio mom's last name. And it now says her name with me. So I'm like, I don't know. That was just a, wow, this is happening. Like, I'm so happy. Um, Other than that, you know, I'm still bugging people. Um, I think I'm about 10 weeks away from adopting. Not positive. Um, You know, my attorney and the attorney's, on the, I guess, or the county are going back and forth. And I believe that everything is done. And now it's at a court clerk who has to sign off to get us a court date, which is supposed to take about two months. Like, that's the best I know. And I don't like being in the dark, but that's what I think. Um, They had told me it could take as much as six months. So it might be a little bit longer. That was on February 5th. But That's it. And other than that, she's walking now, which is so exciting and doing adorable things. And um, yesterday, super fun. I had gone to this dinner for the Alaskan Salmon Board, um, hashtag Ask Alaska. And they found out that Jelly Bean is a huge foodie. And I can't believe that I can't show you guys these pictures. But she literally, if I put a platter of something on my coffee table, like she actually gets fussy and almost even tantrum me, to be honest. She's otherwise the sweetest child if she can't dig in. And uh, so... I basically had all these fruit pictures that I showed them and I told them that they like she likes salmon. So they sent me a side of salmon and she literally like started grabbing at it. It was the funniest thing. So pictures coming as soon as I can show her adorable little face. But um but yeah, she's just the biggest blessing and I'm so excited and thank you everyone for your support. Um, best thing I've ever done and if anyone has any interest in fostering, please reach out to me. Okay. To that end, I should say, as I'm about to inter- – well, I'll, I'll leave it to her bio. You'll find out that Lori also has an interest in foster children. But Lori Lochtefeld has been in the real estate industry as a broker and real estate investor for over 10 years. She's a native of San Francisco and attended the University of Southern California. She began her professional career underwriting mortgages before joining the financial services industry, where she worked as a financial advisor for both Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch before becoming a real estate entrepreneur in 2007. After studying both the residential and commercial real estate markets in the Bay Area for an entire year, Lori made her first big investment soon thereafter. Her first acquisition was a $1.68 million residential property in San Mateo in 2008. 
which she sold for 2.1 in 2015. Her second acquisition was a 40,000 square foot mixed use commercial property in downtown Redwood City known as the Fox Theater, buying it out of foreclosure for only 6 million in 2010 and selling it 6 years later for 19 million. Her third acquisition, can you tell that she's just like brilliant and uh, and maybe a little charmed too. Um her third acquisition was a 20,000 square foot piece of undeveloped dirt which she parlayed into a 60 million dollar development product project with a current market value of 120 million Lori followed these successes with a multitude of investments in local apartment buildings a wine estate and another mixed-use theater property in nearby monterey the golden state theater most recently and what we're talking about today Lori founded Selfieville, an experiential museum that allows customers to capture the perfect selfie. Selfieville is Monterey's newest interactive attraction and first experiential museum located on 10,000 square feet of the upper, upper floors of the historic Golden State Theater. Selfieville was founded on the premise that no dream is too big to attain and everything you want in life you can have, if you're willing to work for it. At Selfieville, visitors will experience immersive and interactive environments as they embark on a journey of discovery through a pathway of imagination. 25% of the net profits from each year at Selfieville will go into a fund to support local not-profits that work with foster children in California, including the Kinship Center and Pivotal, formerly the Silicon Valley Children's Fund. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And first of all, I'd like to say congratulations on your soon-to-be adoption. That's amazing. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I I feel really blessed. Um, and, you know, I, I made a comment about you being charmed. I mean, I believe, I know. So Lori and I met when I was doing a speaking engagement called Bliss Talks um, that she and her husband hosted. And I think it's really interesting, you know, I talk about luck, Um and how people have to believe they're lucky, number one. But two, you also have to set yourself up for luck. And as much as I joked that you're char- you must be charmed, I mean, the truth is that I know you are extremely brilliant, extremely educated, and um, I'm sure did a ton of research and really knew what you're doing, so you got charmed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit about Selfieville first, like what it is. And I mean, I have a general sense, but I really want people to understand. Sure. So when I originally thought about Selfieville, I, before I had even created the concept, I was thinking like, okay, I want to do something in Monterey. I have two floors of unused space the last five years that uh, we've, that I've owned this theater. Um, what can I do? And I started thinking like, well, people love pictures and I do a lot of business in Monterey with the convention center and the visitors bureau. And we're always going to these meetings and everyone's asking, how is your space selfie ready for our visitors, for our people who live here? Everyone wants to take pictures. And out of that came the idea, you know what, I'm going to do something in regards to selfies. So I sat down and started planning, like, what does that look like to me? What, you know, and so then that's how Selfieville was birthed. And then I thought to myself, okay, I want to name it Selfie. And then I want to name it like Selfie with a place. So I started like Selfie place, Selfie this, Selfie that. And out of it, just throwing names out on the chalkboard came out Selfieville. Then I found that the URL was available and I found that it wasn't trademarked. And then that kind of began my process of saying, okay, let me form Selfieville. And what does that look like to me? So cool. And can you tell people a little bit about, you know, like what the experience is? Again, I know because I've, um, I've shocked you very much on, uh, <laughs> on Facebook and things. But I would love for people to really get a sense of what the museum is. Yeah, so Selfieville starts off inside of the theater with a 3D light show. The three-dimensional light show was designed by Bart Cressa, who is, like, known in the three-dimensional space to do the best of the best work. He designs for Disney Tokyo, uh, Las Vegas. And what it is is that it's it's six projectors that shine onto the um, facade of the infrastructure of the theater. So Golden State Theater is the first performing arts theater that was created 
that was made in California. It was built in 1928. So the architecture is beautiful. So it, the, the show blends in with the architecture of this theater, which makes it really cool. And that's a 20-minute light show. Then after the 20-minute light show, people go to our second floor, which is our glow-in-the-dark experience. So um, the walls are lined with uh, glow-in-the-dark emojis. And I have several different rooms, a couple of which were designed by um, – local artists and some of the students in the area. So I have like a gingerbread room. I have a um, butterfly wing room. I have a a teddy bear room. And then I also have like an astronaut room. And each room is like designed for people to be uh, illuminated from the back. And then, of course, if they wear certain colors, which I recommend, like whites and oranges and things like that, then it, it makes the picture super cool. And then after that, they go to the third floor, which I've created exhibits with um, with a local artist team that recurrence productions, and they're amazing. So they do like some of the biggest parties in the Bay Area. So then people go into like this larger than life garden where they take pictures and the flowers and suns. Everything is super big, and so they look super small in the picture, but the colors are are very vivid. And then they travel into um, Um, a moon room where they can swing on the moon and take pictures on the moon and there's cloud couches so when they take photos they look like they're on the clouds and then they go into a unicorn room which people love right unicorns (laughs) so I have a purple unicorn that people can sit on and take pictures on the unicorn and then because of course we're in Monterey and Monterey is known for the aquarium and Monterey is also known for like ocean and sea life and that type of study I have like a room dedicated to sea life that has flying turtles Um, it has um, huge seashells huge ocean fish things like that for people to take pictures with and then they travel into a superhero room so um, they, they can become a superhero and um, after that we have a picture frame room so people can take pictures in the picture frame room and then our last room they wind up in is a is a dessert space in which we have like a larger than life glow, a larger than life Sunday where they can put on cherry hats and be the cherry on top of the Sunday and there is cookie chairs and cookie seats and ice cream sandwich couches and things like that for them to enjoy you know some little treats that are in the room and so that is like the like entire experience and so um we opened february 2nd and we've done over a thousand people this february we're open on weekends until we get to summer but um people are really enjoying it and they're also digging you know the mission behind selfieville which is also to give back to the community and in particular in the foster care system that's kind of you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life once I, you know, finish all my business endeavors. So this is just the beginning. Um, When you say you want to do something with the foster care system, can you elaborate a little bit on that? I'm curious. Sure. So what I've learned over the past couple of years, there was a situation in Monterey in which um, there was um, a family set of kids that got into foster care kit, foster care system. And unfortunately, the system failed in terms of like w- the oversight once they were placed. And so um, one of the siblings, you know, it was like a horrible situation. So we fundraised for uh, this little girl. And then I started getting into looking into, well, what's going on in the foster care system and this happened actually a couple years ago and what I realized after doing research and work and and interviewing organizations and things is that a lot of times when foster care kids come into the system they um, they're behind in education so they're behind a couple years and then when they get to 18 they're considered adults so the transitional help isn't necessarily there right if they're a couple years behind so what i was thinking to myself like okay they need resources so while they're growing up they need more educational resources because they're behind educationally they need more psychological services because you know they're in the situation depending on what age they are usually I'm talking about your kids to the teenagers on up right Mm -hmm. so I thought to myself like okay I'm going to need to do a business or have something that can produce enough money to sustain resources and what might that be and I thought to myself 
several years ago. I'm going to circle back around to this. And then when I decided like I was going to do Selfieville, I'm like, I'm going to take a portion of these profits and, and put towards these issues, resources for education, resources when family members take in foster care kids, you know, they're, they're not necessarily expecting to take on a child and overnight now they need to provide. So they need funds for that. So I'm working with, um, the Kinship Center, which is in Monterey County, and they provide resources for family, psychological service, financial services, and things to put together a program with this money for foster care kids. And then in Silicon Valley, I'm going to work with Silicon Valley Children's Fund. And what they do is they work with that teenager till like 22. So there's a, there's a, a time in which once they turn 18, they're no longer what you is called like a warden of the court. They're considered an adult, but mentally they're, they still might be 16. So Silicon Valley Children's Fund, they come in and they say, okay, you know, are you going to go down the path of getting an apartment in the job? Are you going to go down the path of, you know, doing a trade? Are you going to go down the path of doing, you know, going back, going to off to college? Like, how can we help you to go down a positive path and to not be homeless? Because a lot of times what ends up happening is these kids become homeless. So that's a problem that they're trying to solve. So I think, in my opinion, that given a large amount of resources to these organizations that we could change lives in the community. And it, and if it does well, I would love to roll this out to other cities and other states and teach them, hey, here's how, you know, we can continuously take money and then use it for these issues, but do something that's good for the community, something that people want and everyone feels good about it. So the tagline for my company is uh, changing lives one selfie at a time. And people Uh love that. When I talk about that, when people come in for the light show before the light show begins, I say, listen, this is what the mission is. Here's what we're doing. And people clap because they're like, you know what? We're everyone that sits in a seat is going to help to change a life. That's amazing. It's funny because so I completely agree with you on so many fronts, um, particularly in the foster world, like, I don't think people realize the percentage, like, 19% of the male and female population in the prisons um, of our foster kids. Like, for, both males and females are foster, former foster kids. And then the homeless population, like, tons of the homeless population, I don't know the exact numbers. I want to say it's 30%. I could be wrong. But, yeah, if we could get these kids educated and get them you know, homes and happy and all of that. Um, You know, I know we've talked about this before, but I'm on a similar mission. Um, We have to go to break now, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about Selfieville and uh, give everyone lots of great tips to start their own endeavors. Stay tuned, everyone. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with the very brilliant Lori Lochtefeld, who was real estate mogul. uh, And I don't even want to say turned because she hasn't turned. She's still doing her amazing real estate work, but started this super awesome museum uh, this month, actually, just opened. um, That's all about selfies and taking selfies. Um, Lori, I'm curious, you know, when people start business endeavors. Sometimes people have interesting things to say that are discouraging. I'm wondering, did you encounter any of that? Or are you so far beyond that? Um, you know, I mean, I know you've had so much success that people just go, nope, she knows what she's doing. Or did even someone in your position uh, encounter some, you know, like, uh, what? <laughs> Well, actually, you know, I did encounter some people saying, oh, that, you know, that will never work. I did have people say to me like, oh, um, well, you know, you're going to be working extra harder. Your weekends are going to be gone and trying to put self-doubt. But what I say is like, no, this is this is something that I want to do. I think it is going to work. You know, thank you for your opinion. But I don't think that, you know, what you're saying is 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 accurate. And then I just continued on with what I wanted to do. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just say that because, you know, it is such a novel idea. And I think so many times the novel ideas are the ones that people knock the quickest yet do the best in the end if the person is working hard on it kind of thing. So um, but I'm curious, do you have. You know, you've had so much success with all the properties that you've managed to buy. Like, do you have a formula at all that you use or is there some, do you just have incredible instincts or what do you attribute to your success? And is there anything you can share with people that, you know, when you know to go forward with something? So I think it with the properties that I purchased, it they were more. It's really funny because they were all more on instinct. Like, wouldn't it be cool to have this theater? And then yeah. just thinking about, well, how can I have this theater? And calling people and putting money together and doing things like that. That's it's kind of all been on impulse actually um, from oh, wow. day one. Like just looking at it and deciding I wanted it, and then thinking about how can I get it? How can I go about doing that? And also, Devin, I have to say, I am a bit of a workaholic. So typically I might work a 16, you know, 16 hours in a day almost, you know, um, to like get to get through things and stuff like that. Um, So, for instance, you know, when I started in real estate, I think I was working at least 12 to 15 hours a day and just saving money and saving money and saving money. So I tend to like... um, when I want something and there's a financial, you know, something financial behind it, I tend to like, you know, put in double work. And if I have to take a part-time job and I have to do this and this and this, I just execute it in that way, you know? And then also I was very lucky because out of college, I worked in the stock market um, industry for five years. So I really understand the stock market really well. And I really under, so I do tend to put money in the stock market when I think things might, you know, do really well. Or let's say, for instance, like I'll just give you an example, Amazon, 
um, recently Amazon took a tank and I put money into Amazon. And as you know, it will always eventually come back these bigger companies. And then I, um, you know, I was able to make money off of that. So now I take that and put that in the savings and put it in fixed. So I tend to take money and then invest it into the stock market and then save that money and put it on the side for like all of my endeavors and ideas. Do you, as somebody who has worked in the stock market and you really know what you're doing, do you have any advice for people on that front in either like how to know, like how to, I mean, I know there's no guarantees, but if somebody is interested in exploring the stock market, do you have any suggestions as to how to either find a broker or get most educated yourself so that you don't find yourself in really bad situations? I would say, um, you know, if if you're just starting off and you have like a limited amount of money, the the best thing to do is open up an account at TD Ameritrade or one of the smaller brokerage firms. And then they have 800 numbers with people that you can ask different questions of. Um, like, well, what, you know, what is this stock doing? And what is that stock doing? And they will help you throughout the entire process of like selecting things. And, and I would say, you know, for someone, I would start off with, you know, um, um, maybe some fixed income things like some CDs and some bonds. Um, start off with that stuff. See how that works out financially. And then if you want to like in, dive into stocks, I would stick with bigger companies. And I would just wait until the stock until the stock market has like a crash or the stock you see like the Dow is down and now you see all the stocks went down. Now everything in in my mind like that means we are on they are on sale. This is a sale. Yeah. <laughs> so you know buy a few just test it buy two or three two or three of that one particular stock and just hold it and you'll see it goes back up. Um, I you know so for instance like you know your Amazon your Facebook stock or your um, you know, um, like a bank stock or something like that, something, you know, that is very stable, like Visa, the credit card companies, and it's going down because we're having a bad stock market moment. You just buy, you know, jump on those. Ah. Once they go down, wait for them to come up and then sell, you know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and don't do this with your, um, you know, kids college money, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. Although if you do that formula, it would work, but, um, right. (laughs) Right. So really like your big things have been on instinct, like big properties that you've doubled in value. There's, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I totally believe that they're on instinct, but are there any things that you had previously educated yourself on or anything in your background that allowed you to kind of have the right instincts, do you think? Does Um, that make sense? Yeah. So with, in real estate, um, it would be my, you know, education from USC because I have a business degree with the real estate, um, commercial real estate finance emphasis. So when I do look at deals, I do say, okay, this property costs this. Here's what my mortgage would be. How would that mortgage be derived? So the first property had a nightclub attached, a retail space and 10,000 square feet of office space upstairs, which is very similar to the, the latest theater that I purchased. And so then when I do the cash, calculation and I say okay well rents are seven dollars a square foot so if I rent out the theater at ten thousand square feet seven dollars that's you know seven thousand a month the club is on the bottom retail is this so that's this so then I do like you know mortgage calculations and say okay so then that means I would need to come up with you know twelve thousand dollars a month to support the theater plus this 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 and employees and things like that so in particular like Knowing that the theater can put on shows and looking at like, how do you make money um, in general on on um, musicians and musicals and and kind of put together a package. That's how I came up with, okay, this is like a viable property to own, which is really weird because it's a performing arts theater. So it's very like, um, you know, you never know. But within five years, I got really good at 
uh, artist selection and then the Golden State Theater in Monterey came on sale and it kind of had the same thing, 10,000 square feet. It was made by the same architect, by the way, in the um, 1920s and same kind of setup, different um, had restaurants attached and things like that. So I, I did the calculations and I was like, OK, we can, you know, this can this can work as well. So. Very cool. Yeah, it's interesting because I know you know that I'm considering opening a retail space and that's kind of what I'm doing right now is, you know, calling all my friends who own retail space and asking them for not their own specific numbers, but um, like everything that they put money into in their retail space because I know that I have no idea, (laughs) you know, and I think, um, I mean, with your background, you'd probably just already have spreadsheets like that, but I think... For everyone, like the more education you can get on any area that you're going to do, the more you can forge ahead safely. (laughs) Right. No, definitely. And and for you, it'd be like, how many customers will come in? What does that look like? Is there extra space? Could I rent that space out to another small business that just needs an office? Things like that. Yeah. Um, So tell us a little more about Selfieville. Like what... What have you found people using their experience for? Is it like a day with their kids? Is it more couples going to take fun photos and then putting them on Instagram immediately or people pushing them across Instagram? Have you seen a trend there? It's it's been a combination of all that. Um, actually, on it's funny on Val, we opened up on we're open on uh, weekends, but we decided to open up for Valentine's Day. So we did a whole bunch of like Valentine's Day couples came through and took pictures and posted. And then we have a, a ton of families coming in with their small kids. We've done a few birthday parties so far. Um, for locos and then we've also um done some corporate parties as well team team bonding and experience as well so we've been we've done a we've been only been open a month but you know once the word got out it's a little bit of everything and then we've had grandparents come and bring their grandkids and a lot of people are hearing about the light show and want to see the the 3d light show you know um you know some some people selfies aren't their thing but they like they like to see light shows so we've had a whole bunch of groups that love light shows and then we've had a couple groups that are into um you know they have facebook unicorn groups so we've had unicorn groups come because we have a purple unicorn you know things like that (laughs) wait there's unicorn groups yeah, there are unicorn groups on Facebook, and we've had a couple unicorn groups come so that they can take pictures in the unicorn room, and so they wore unicorn onesies and things like that, and they've taken their pictures on the unicorn. <laughs> what do, do you even know what one does in a unicorn group? That's so interesting. They share, um, so I'm in a few of them now, so they share unicorn pictures, they share unicorn products, um, they share like rooms in their house that they've decked out in a unicorn way. They're just really into unicorns wow have you ever seen that video like that um there's some guy who did this video like if you find a unicorn woman um like keeper kind of thing have you seen this it's super Mm -hmm. funny like people can look it up but it's some guy sent it to me it was like a huge compliment but there it's like the crazy pretty spectrum I guess they're like a certain level of pretty comes with crazy or vice versa you know they're either crazy or pretty and if you find one in this small little window that's not too crazy but is pretty like that's a unicorn and you should keep her (laughs) (laughs) that's how that's really funny I want to take a look at that (laughs) yeah it's it's very funny so um yeah women if you ever get called a unicorn you know you're doing well um (laughs) maybe I should come and uh get a unicorn photo I I actually do want to come up to Selfieville next time I'm in the area I'm definitely gonna check it out of course yeah I'd love to host you um so let's go back and talk a little more about the foster system I know you said that um how exactly did you get involved in the original encounter I know you said you were around someone who was having a tough time can you elaborate on that at all or is that yeah, sure. No, 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 I'll, sure. I'll tell you all about it. Um, it it's uh, not any one in my family. So what happened in Monterey County, there were there were three kids um, 
that got put into the foster care system and then their cousin um, raised their hand and, and said, okay, I'll take, you know, take three kids. So unfortunately, the cousin and the boyfriend, um, like the social worker that would come to the house, first of all, they took them out of school. They were quote unquote homeschooling the three kids. The social worker took them out of, um, was Every time the social worker would come to the house, like um, they would say the kids were sleeping or whatever, and she'd check her box and leave. So <gasps> long story short, come a couple years later, we find out that the cousin ended up murdering two out of three of the kids, unfortunately. One survived, and that one had to, of course, testify against this, you know, the cousin and the boyfriend and things like that. So that year they um, put, it was all in our community and they said, you know, we're putting together a fund for this little girl for her future. Do you, you know, he, you can go down to the police station or a fire station and donate. So I said to my husband, I was like, you know what? Uh, New Year's is coming up. So let's take everything that we make from New Year's and then let's get on stage and ask everyone to um, donate and then let's match the money and, and give to this little girl. So my husband said, yeah, that's that's a great idea. So we raised about, I think, total um, about $4,500 and then we matched it and uh, we cut the check. And then I just started just articles about the system started popping up everywhere or something like that. And I just felt it was like my calling, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't really, you know, like, you know about the foster care system, but you, wow. it, they call sometimes what I've heard in the industry is like they call it the black curtain where we know it exists, but there's a curtain up. So people like ignore like what's going on with the system and how the system actually needs to be like basically revamped to completely. So I learned from the national uh, youth law firm that protects foster kids about what's going on and the laws that are how the laws are affecting them and changing and what they really want to do to like change the system. But all of that takes resources. It, it takes money. It takes politicians. So it's almost like it, there has to be some type of like lobbying created that it's like, okay, here are like the politicians we're going to support support those politicians and then you know at some point you say like hey here's what we're trying to do in this community how can you like help us you know change lives how can we change laws that make sense because the people creating the laws are not working in the system to understand the system so there's a disconnect between like the laws that are created in the foster care system to like what's actually happening Wow. Well, okay, we have to go to break, but I have a million more questions on this. So stay tuned, everyone, and we will be right back. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with the extremely talented Lori Lochtefeld. Um, we're talking Selfieville and we're talking foster children, um, the two of which are overlapping. Uh, Lori, before I know we're going to get um, cut off at the I always feel like the end of the show comes so quickly when we're in the middle of a good topic. So I want to give everyone now um, info as to how they can find out more about Selfieville. Yeah, so they can go to selfieville.com. That's um, S-E-L-F-I-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Cool. And then do you have, you have an Instagram page, right? I do. It's Selfieville Museum is my Instagram page. Selfieville One is my Twitter handle. And Selfieville is my Facebook page as well. Okay. And do people need to make a reservation to attend or how does that work? They can walk up or they can make a reservation in advance of coming so they know like they have their spot. Perfect. Okay. So before the break, we were talking about this horrific uh, foster care situation. And I'm curious, how uh, how many times or for how long do you know that the social worker showed up and didn't actually see the kids? Um, or like how long had they been murdered before they the people were caught? So they think that it had been, I think, like a month or so um, that the kids had been murdered. But the social worker had shown up for a very long period of time because these kids had been taken out of school for, I believe it was like one to two years of some sort. And so, yeah, basically like the system failed, you know, Um, unfortunately. And and as a result, two kids were, you know, murdered murdered and one survived that probably will have you know issues for the rest of her life you know wow yeah it's just it's so crazy because I mean my social worker my daughter's social worker comes once a month and it's funny because in the beginning like they even sometimes like take all of the clothes off the children to make sure like we were told that that could happen um, to make sure that they don't have any bruises on them or whatever. And it was funny because, like, her first visit, she didn't do that. But then her second one, she did. And then she didn't for a few. And I was like, oh, I just realized when I had her in a footed onesie was when she took out, like, she made me take her clothes off. And when I have her in her cute little dresses, like, it just happened to be cold. So I had her all bundled up. Um, but when I have her in her cute little dresses and clearly her arms and legs are sticking out and she couldn't possibly have bruises on her. But it's just, it's so funny and awkward, like, being a mom who you're like, there's no way that this child's going to have a bruise on her unless, you know she fell or something but she's more apt to bruise me but it's um and yeah I can't imagine her like coming to my door and not like she sits for 45 minutes and like talks about goals for the child and all that kind of thing which I have in mass like if anything I'm like I jokingly I'm like goal for the child get her adopted and then you know like she practically has a cooking show already which of course I'm also kidding about but um but yeah it's amazing how a lot of the foster parents who aren't looking to adopt who aren't invested in the kids I mean there are so many financial resources that people will do it for the money that they don't you know care for the kids properly so it's really sad yeah no I totally agree and I don't even I mean part of me doesn't want to tell people all of the you know financial I guess rewards because I worry that people are going to take them not for love but it really is designed to like cover all of your costs of a child um, and make it affordable to people so they can do it. But again, if it's, you know, done by the wrong people, it's super sad. Right. Yep. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. So do you, so you're putting the money from Selfieville in a fund and then mm-hmm. are you working with politicians yet? This is something that like in California, I want to join forces with you on because yeah, yeah go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I totally want to join forces because you're right. It's like, it's amazing how it seems like it's a system designed for people who don't care about the kids, the way it happens, like the way things currently are. Like, it's so much easier to, like, if I didn't care about my daughter, this whole process would have been so much easier. 
Right. Yeah, no, definitely. So I haven't yet, but that's like one of my goals is to basically create like a lobby type you know, organization where they're lobbying for foster care kids. But in turn, you have to, the way it works, unfortunately, your politics is just, it's just how it is. It's, it's like, show me the money. And it is about the money a lot of times because they need to get elected and all of those types of things. So when you support campaigns, then in the end, you, you know, they see you as like a financial supporter. So they're more open to say, well, come in and have an appointment. What are you looking to do? And they're more willing to support your causes because they know that you're supporting them while they're in their office and that's how typically you know politics really actually works <laughs> so um, that is something that I want to do you know and work with politicians and there's some politicians already out there that are making strides and changing the foster care system and so you want to support those people even more because you know like they are gonna you know if they're reelected they're gonna see things through and they're gonna make sure things are done done right and they're going to write good laws and they're going to listen to the people that are actually running the system that understand it to create the laws so that they work for they work for the system versus having people that create laws that don't understand the system, haven't worked in the system, haven't even spoken to someone about how the system actually is really functioning to make change. The biggest problem too in California is that the foster care system is disjointed in terms of how decisions are made there's not like one uniform way so every single county does something different or you know has a different protocol and and they've just each county has decided so how about something that's more uniform rolled out across the board you know guidelines and things like that so well it's interesting that's one of the things that has been most frustrating to me is there isn't even a guide of you know you get the child and then this many days this happens and then this many months this happens or you know as I said like I feel like I've been in the dark so much like even now some people say it takes six months after you sign adoption papers others say two and you know my attorney last week said that all the paperwork is done and it's with the clerk and you know she or the, I guess the adoption assistant sent it to the clerk. So she should hear from the clerk within two weeks, but like nobody tells you any of this. And then on top of it in Los Angeles, like all of the procedures have changed in the last year and a half, which is how one of my, um, like, it's weird because the person who, it seems like if there was one person taking you through the entire process, Um, and following a child, it would make so much more sense. But like one person did my home study, like meaning came to my house, made sure it was okay, interviewed me, like did my background check to make sure that I was a good person and all of that. And then they give you a certificate and then you're given an adoption worker who's supposed to help you get a child, um, except that I never, or not an adoption, yeah, a placement worker, I guess it's called. And I never even met that person and wound up getting my child through someone else um, because there was a big error in getting my information in the system. Like they had me as certified, but they didn't have the match criteria I was looking for. Meaning, like, they were calling me, they called me about a 17, like, they wanted me to take a 17-year-old, and I'm like, I'm looking for a baby, you know? And then nobody was able to put that information in the computer. Like, the social worker who signed off on me was like, oh, it's a clerk that does it, and then the new social worker, and um, so nobody could get me a child. So then I went and started bugging somebody else who I knew through a friend. And then I, so I never even met the placement worker who was in charge of me and then I got the my daughter's social worker who's been here but then they told me I had an adoption worker and someone came to my house and said they were my adoption worker and then it turns out that person wasn't even my adoption worker and now I'm on the third adoption worker so it would just be nice if and that's actually how, as I said, one of the hitches happened and why the second one was removed because nobody ever told her that she was supposed to take my daughter's birth certificate and send it to the state. So a process that was supposed to take 30 days took four and a half months. Um, and then me getting involved with my state senator. So, yeah, like it's it's amazing how these things like could be so much more streamlined and then more people would want the kids and I think it would save not only that like it would keep kids out of foster care, but it would keep people out of prison and then keep 
people from being homeless if we could just fix the foster care system. So, right. Yeah. And you don't realize any of that until you start doing it. Right. Or start digging into it. And then you hear like when I heard the attorneys talk about the just like what exactly what you were saying. It's even in our account. It's the same thing. And the the attorneys are just so frustrated with like the system not being able, you know, like not functioning properly. And they even said themselves like we need a a lobbying. We need a lobbying firm that lobbies that supports politicians. And then we need to get in the room with the politicians and help them create the guides create the laws create everything that's going to be beneficial for the kids because they just don't know you know yeah so it's 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 disheartening and and people don't even realize I mean everyone's going we all have our you know things that we go about our business and things like that and we're everyone's you know very busy but people don't realize like this is actually going on like how can this go on the way that it's going on and no one's making changes and it's just you know it's a mess it's a mess (laughs) well yeah and the interesting thing is in you know being front and center in it people think that the kids aren't like they are like they somehow think they're not normal children and yes some of them have overcome especially like the older ones have overcome a lot but some of them are I mean like we can all have children who have you know medical issues or we can all have children who have you know psychological issues like it's just possible and in seeing the kids who my friends have gotten from foster care like they're little miracle babies like they truly are like you know I've been joking with some of my girlfriends who are so stressed about their prenatal care I'm like eh, don't worry about it they'll be fine you know because jelly beans like perfect and her mom wasn't exactly making sure she ate everything organic you know right and um and I mean not to like belittle that like I do think it's important that people you know really take care of themselves especially during pregnancy and whatever but on the flip side, like, these kids are not throwaways. Like, they're not, you know, they're precious little angels that are perfect additions to people's lives who, I mean, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't feel like she's more perfect. So, um, you know. But one more time, really quick, we're, we're wrapping up in a minute here. I'd love for you to tell people again about the website and your Instagram. Make sure, sure they yes. can follow. Definitely. So you can visit uh, my website at selfieville.com. That's S-E-L-F-I-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Or you can go visit me on Instagram at Selfieville Museum and, you know, send me a DM. Say hi. Yeah. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Lori. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And um, we will all be visiting Selfieville as soon as we get uh, anywhere near Monterey. Oh, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.